Well, good morning, good day, friends. Welcome to Thursday, October 27th, to today's episode of Enough for Today. We are diving into Psalm 65. And we just began uh, part one, verse one yesterday, praise waits on God in Zion. Under thee shall the vow be performed. I want to take a minute and really unpack a little more the idea of a vow, because we talked about, in, in essence, what is it yesterday, and that, that's pretty significant. So if you missed yesterday, I hope you'll go back and catch it. But um, these, this word vow is likely referencing the offerings that are being brought to the temple, really from all over the nation, from all over the, the countrysides. As these families come in to celebrate this feast, they have a lot of stuff with them. Um, they have a, a lot of food to eat and, and celebrate. It's going to be a big, big celebration, very much like Thanksgiving and Christmas, kind of mashed all together for us. Um, but it's, it's their biggest time of the year and their, their biggest party of the year, okay? And it's all in thanks to God. So when David writes, unto these shall the vow be performed, these people are coming into town exuberant, ecstatic, excited to open up this celebration and to bring their worship and their praise and their sacrifices. The, the performing of the vow is the offering of the sacrifices and the, the offerings that the people have brought to honor the Lord and to celebrate Him. And it is an extremely joyful thing. Now, to really get this, I want to take the next few minutes and explain the kind of offerings that there are in Scripture. Because there's they're called different things in different books of the Bible, and, and uh, they, they go by kind of different um, synonyms. But there's really only four categories of offerings, and I want to break them down for you. The first is sin offerings. This was atonement. This was required. You could not worship God without an atonement offering. This was to cover your sins, and it was really to teach the people about the gospel and about a coming eventual sacrifice, which would be the final Lamb of God, Jesus, which would end all sacrifices, and it would be the fulfillment of all the pictures. Every lamb, every sacrificial offering that was a sin offering was simply a picture of the gospel, that we must relate to God on the basis of his mercy with a mediating sacrifice, ultimately Jesus. We can't come to God on our performance. We come to God by his grace. And so that's first one, and those were required. And by the way, they had to be perfect, okay? They had to be the best right off the top. The second kind of offerings were the tithes. Tithes were the operational funding of Israel, okay? Just like today, they are the operational funding of the church. It's what keeps the church functioning. Tithes were what kept the priests, the religious leaders, and the systems of worship and care of the people functioning. They funded the priests all throughout the nation. So the, the modern sense is pastors, okay? Um, and so God said right off the top, you must have a sin offering to even relate with me because that's the gospel. Secondly, uh, the tithe is required to keep the, the people uh, well cared for spiritually and to fund the my worship. <clears throat> now, Ab- with Abraham, the tithe was free will. Then the tithe became required. And then in the New Testament, it moved back to free will. It's a grace response. It's a response to the Spirit of God. In obedient love, we gladly, we cheerfully give God back a portion of what he's given us. The third category is free will offerings. These are also called wave or heave offerings or thanks offerings. Now, 
These did not have to be perfect, unlike the sin offering. These were not required, unlike the tithes. These um, wave, heave, gratitude, free will offerings were above and beyond the 10%. They were above and beyond the sacrificial offerings for atonement. They were free will expressions of gratitude from excess. Now, let me pause here before I give you the fourth. Well, I'll just tell you the fourth real quick. The fourth was special offerings. So uh, they had special offerings to construct the temple, to rebuild the temple, um, special projects that the people gave in abundance to, out of, again, out of God's provision. When they were building the tabernacle, uh, Moses and Aaron, as the people were in the wilderness, they had spoiled the Egyptians, they had plenty, and they gave uh, out of that abundance. So that's the four kinds of offerings, <clears throat> atonement, sin offering, tithe, free will, over-the-top gratitude offerings, and, um, and then special offerings, project offerings. Now, big, big point here. They were all sacrifices because sacrifice is anything that's in my possession that I render to the Lord. I'm sacrificing it to Him. To the degree that sacrifice means going without. Uh, in other words, I am now deficient on resources. The general sense of biblical offerings and sacrifice is, is not that you are suffering in lack. Okay, In fact, it's the opposite. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Okay, so if you've ever gotten a category or, a, you know, a ditch in your mind that's sacrifice means want, sacrifice means you suffer, uh, you need to fill that in and erase that category um, because that's not God's sense of it. Now, there have there are examples in Scripture, rare examples where someone gives their very last to God. The widow of Zarephath, by God's direction, gave her last but then what did God do? He multiplied and sustained. The boy on the hillside gave his lunch, his last bites to eat to the Lord. What did he do? God fed him and everybody else. So still, even in those examples, the sense of it is not suffer and go without uh, when you belong to a God of provision. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. So the word sacrifice means to give or to render willingly. But it doesn't necessarily mean to give the last or to go without or to be in want. Generally, the sense of it, and you'll see this all throughout Scripture, generally the sense of it is to give from the abundance. The idea in God's economy is that he's going to give us more than we need. And off the top, we're, we, don't, we don't do the sin offerings anymore. Jesus is our sin offering. So that's right out of the way. Right off the top, we tithe to fund the local church and the mission of the gospel around the world. And then beyond that, we give in gratitude and thanks, um, and it overflows of free will and out of the margin. And to advance and further his kingdom and to say thank you to God, we bring, like these people did, they traveled into Jerusalem with animals and carts loaded full of not only the feast foods, but also the offering foods. And by the way, they were going to first offer this food to the Lord in gratitude. And then God turned around and said, now consume it, now eat it um, and celebrate. And at times he even said, uh, eat the fat and drink the sweet, which is kind of like saying, have dessert and enjoy the good foods, enjoy the rich, the savory, the sugary foods and, and celebrate. 
obviously all in moderation. But here's my point, my friend. Vowing a vow is something we do out of free will, love. Obligating ourselves to God because he's that good and that trustworthy, and we tend to be that fragile and fickle. But then the free will vows overflow in expressions of gratitude, even today. And even as a church, we're preparing for a gift of gratitude during November and December, in which we will give of the excess, of the margin, to say thank you to God. And we'll do exactly what David's going to teach us to do in this psalm. So happy Thursday. We'll pick it up here tomorrow. Until then, have a great day.